business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and Chief Executive Officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about Networking 2.0 with Hoseline Main, co-founder of Boston TweetUp, an event planning and promotional service that provides an aggregated look at networking, social media, and entrepreneurial events in the Boston area. Hoseline is a passionate internet marketing consultant with 20 years of computer technology experience, complemented by nearly a decade of online marketing and business development experience. His focus is working with small and mid-sized businesses, organizations, and entrepreneurs to best leverage Internet technologies to reach their business goals. Hosseline is also the author of Networking 2.0, How Social Media Has Redefined the Way We Connect, a new book that will be coming out later this year. Networking 2.0 discusses how networkers, event organizers, venues, and sponsors can all benefit from tweet-ups and serves as a guide for using online tools to maximize exposure, shareability, and the success of an event. Hosseline can be reached via Twitter at at sign Hosseline Main, that's J-O-S-E-L-I-N-M-A-N-E, or at Boston TweetUp, and I highly recommend following him. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Hosseline. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. That was a fantastic interview. I'm glad to be here. Okay, great. So let's get started. For listeners who may not be familiar with Boston TweetUp, can you tell us a bit about the organization? Yes. Um, as you mentioned, it's a new media event planning and promotional service that helps people connect here in the Boston area. Uh, it's, it goes beyond just being a traditional calendar of events, whereas we proactively not only promote the events, but actually help make the connection between the networker and the appropriate event that they should attend. So what was the impetus behind your decision to co-found the Boston TweetUp? Well, it started way back in uh, August uh, 5th, 2008. Uh, this, <laughs> uh, at the time, um, starting you know, uh, a new blog, or relatively uh, unknown blog, uh, Mashable, was going on tour. Uh, that was a social media Bible back then, and it is still yeah. now. Um, yeah. And they were just getting started. And at the time, I was really engaged on social, primarily online. And um, I found out about the event the day after. And I was like biting into an apple and finding half a worm. It's like, oh, <laughs> how could I miss this event with, <laughs> with, with such, you know, with, it wasn't back then in 2008. There was not a lot, not a lot of people on Twitter. So uh, a couple of tweets, and you pretty much could reach everybody in the world. It seemed, uh, at least uh, you know the people at the time. So I felt like, well, if I missed the event, there might have been a lot of more other people that have mm. events as well. So the first thing I did was I just 
made the commitment to um, to go to more events, more offline events in particular. Um, and then in this process, I realized that there was a lot of calendars to go through. At the time, it was uh, Eventbrite, Meetup, Upcoming, Going, Tweetbyte, Twitbyte. Uh, there's about 10 different sites. Uh, yep. That was overwhelming, and I was a geek, so let alone someone that's just getting started. So um, me and a uh, a local social media marketer, uh, Rachel Levy, started it out as a way to just promote events. That was the the first phase. And then now we do a lot more than that. We actually promote, help organizers uh, put together events, and uh, and we could talk a little bit more about all the different facets of Boston Tweetup. But that was the the origin. I missed an event. And I wanted to make it easier for other people to to find out and not miss an event just like I did. It's a great story. And having the pleasure of knowing you and watching you and everything that you do, so you have a number of things going on right now. You've got Boston Tweetup. You're CEO of Lithgow mm-hmm. Consulting. You're a new author mm-hmm. on the soon-to-be-released Networking 2.0. So what's a day in the life of the craziness of Hosling, Maine? Well, at the beginning of the day, it's, it's really um, – <laughs> making sure that all the projects are taken care of uh, from website design to sitting down with the client and getting them to understand the different strategies uh, around social media and not get too caught up in the tactics because a lot of folks, uh, a lot of small businesses in particular get too caught up on just tweeting for the sake of tweeting and things like Mm. that. So the morning time is mostly spent on education, um, either myself uh, and my team's education or uh, providing education for uh, the clients that we have. Uh, and then in the evening after, say, uh, say 4 to 5 o'clock, I'm out and about. I go to two to three events a night, um, not only for the networking purpose, but it's essentially my job. Um, I go there for, uh, to support the organizers that we promote. Uh, I go there to establish relationships or solidify relationships with venues. Uh, I go there to look at the venue space, look at sponsors. Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to highlight in regards to the book is that we've we've been able to isolate seven different stakeholders for events. Um, mm. I'll go over them just quick, quickly, and then I'll, I'll tie yeah. that back into the, the networking events that uh, you know I go and uh, I meet up with them for. So the primary three... Uh, the organizer, uh, the attendee, and the venue. At the very least, there's two people and a place. Um, and this is, comes from going to thousands and thousands of events within the, you know, the, since like 2008 and beyond. Uh, and then yep. I realized there were speakers, there were sponsors, there were service providers, uh, there was partners, all part of this networking experience. So when I go to these events, my my job is to really get a sense of how could I make their job easier by taking what I've learned in past events and giving them the advice and making pointers and recommendations or just taking notes as to, wow, you're doing this very well. Uh, you labeled the food, for example. That was pretty awesome. Now I don't have to play a guessing game when it comes mm. to this mystery stuff that got going on um, or or things like that. So it, it, it's, it's, um, it's an experience that is... Um, that I, that works to my kind of personality. I love meeting people and I love to learn and it, it combines both of them every evening. We're going to take a short commercial break. Please stand by and I'll be right back with Hosseline Main and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. 
Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Time now for another exciting episode of Pace of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the <laughs> Algorithm. That ruthless rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. It's time to get fired up. Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Our host, Gordon Rudell, will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Fired Up with Gordon Rudell, on demand anytime, inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Hoseline Main, co-founder of Boston TweetUp, talking about networking 2.0. Okay, so I want to go back to the seven different stakeholders that you mentioned in your book, um, networking 2.0. By the way, when's the book coming out for everybody? Uh, it should be here this summer. We're just going through some editing, so look for it in June. Okay, fantastic. So summer reading by the beach for everybody. Networking 2.0, how social media has redefined the way we connect. So real quick, before I dive into the book a little bit more, you mentioned seven different stakeholders. I'm guessing listeners will understand organizer, attendee, and venue. Speakers probably make sense. Real quick, define a sponsor, a service provider, and a partner. Yes, so sponsors generally contribute uh, financially, uh, and they tend to be more disconnected with the process. Um, okay. A partner, they have a little bit more vested involved. They can contribute financially, but they could also provide, uh, for example, a media partner. Maybe they can't contribute financially, and they'll put their, uh, promote the event uh, via their newsletter, via some uh, a traditional uh, print newsletter, or just promote or something along those lines. Um, okay. 
also it varies, but they're a little bit more invested in the success uh, versus okay. a, a sponsor who's there at a distance. And then you have a service provider, people that create the name badges, people that uh, provide a service that complements the connection process. And it could be a mobile app, it could be a, you know print material, chotskis, swag, any of those types of things. <laughs> okay. So top line, what's your premise of the book about how social media is, in fact, redefining the way that everybody connects? Well, I found going through so many events it's, is that there was a secret sauce. Um, I also, I'm an engineer, so I like formulas for everything. Um, mm. So I created a, the five-phase event planning and promotional service for organizers, and that's um, something that you do. And the five are pre-planning, planning, pre-event, during event, and post-event or after the okay. event. Uh, most uh, organizers just tend to focus on uh, promoting the event and having the event, and that's that. Um, but they're they're leaving a lot of opportunities out out there, um, and also for each one of the seven uh, stakeholders, there is this three phase process. You know what you do before, during, and after the event. Yep. So, in the process of having a lot of conversations with a lot of people, I had a lot of micro discussions on various facets of this. So instead of just continuing this whole process of having these little micro-discussions, I figured, hey, why don't I just put it all in a book, a manual, a guide, that if you're any one of those stakeholders, um, right. you could pick it up, read it, read the chapter, and get a sense of the other stakeholders, because one of the chapters uh, I talk about, like, there could be a time where you could just shift roles. You could start off your career as a networker, then you could become the organizer, and then eventually you could sponsor an event, and then maybe become a speaker in an event, and maybe right. have a venue and being able to negotiate what's valuable for the venue, what they need, so that you could get a venue at a venue at you know uh, a reasonable rates or to to meet your terms and to meet what you're trying to accomplish here. So. That's the essence of the book, is I wanted to create something simple to follow, especially around social, because there's this whole aspect of social being cloud. You can't really understand what it is. <laughs> is there an ROI? How, and then how do you combine that ROI with an event, you know, or a tweet-up, or something light where it's more of a, a, a networking and a, a conversational, something light, not too heavy. Um, how, how does social play a part of it, and how does it benefit everyone involved? So that's the essence of the book. Um, this first version of the book, and I have other versions that are uh, probably going to be in the works as well. So you've got a really fascinating vantage point. If you're literally going to two to three events a night, and there's probably you know one night at some point in a month that you don't go out to events, but it it's probably pretty crazy. So you've been to probably what thousands of events in the last five years, and what if you sort of look back, what are some of the top themes or what are some of the things that have changed the most from when you started out 2008, 2009 versus today? Um, there is a almost a saturation sometimes of these events. Um, mm. There's actually more events happening than less. And even with the ev evolution of um, social media and, and people's ability to uh, establish relationships online, there's still this this quest, uh, this human nature earning to, to meet other people physically and to connect with them. Um, so with that has come a, a, a barrage of different applications, mobile apps in particular, where I've chronicled at least 60-plus uh, um, networking-related apps uh, that we've highlighted in the, on our Pinterest board uh, for Boston TweetUp. And so 
That, there's a big dilemma. It's almost like with Twitter, how do you separate one discussion from another discussion yeah. when you use hashtags? So I think that the there's still this underlying misunderstanding of, of what you could do with social media and events. And we're constantly just training, and we're becoming more of a training organization because there's just some fundamental things that brands are leaving on the table because they just aren't aware of the benefits of incorporating some of the social components. So uh, if I were to narrow it down, I think it's just still, um, as we're evolving, it seems like things still haven't changed as much as ours. That's think. really interesting. Um, it's really interesting. <laughs> and, and, you know, you you said that um, somewhat um, ironically or perhaps counterintuitively, there's actually more events happening than fewer. Um, we certainly see with several of our clients who work from home, for example, they love the human um, alignment, and there's nothing better than an in-person meeting, which is just kind of funny. Do you believe that over the next few years, do you think that trend's going to continue? Do you think there will be more and more physical events, or are we starting to head in the other direction? No, I think it's going to be more niched out, more uh, focused events, um, because before there could have been a social media event. Right now, there are social media for television, social media for sports, social yeah, media for... And then there's sports, social media just for basketball. And then, oh, social media just for college basketball. And then the social media for Division One college basketball. So you can, right. you can really get defined in, in the, the type of people that you want to connect with. Like I remember doing an analysis of the most, um, most often themed tweet-up, and the Red Sox were were the most in, in Boston out of all the different mm-hmm. types of themes. So that's a sports organization versus a social media-based um, kind of theme or topic. So as things evolve, for example, hitting on the television, uh, going down that aisle, there's things like scandal and there's things like, uh, um, you know, Game of Thrones and, and things like that, where as yep. these new programs, as these new franchises come about, there's going to be a, a sub-niche of our culture that would want to get together uh, and collaborate. Look at TED. Look at the TED conferences aren't getting um, smaller. They're getting bigger. Look at right. WWDC, the Apple conference. That sold out in 90 seconds, you know, and they made, I think, $8 million in this whole process. So it's people crazy. know that they have a limited opportunity to attend these events. So even so, what works to the advantage of these organizers, if there's a cap, a physical cap, to um, how many people can attend, that puts supply uh, very much in demand. So then they're able to generate more in little time. So Got it. It, it's a very interesting, interesting phenomenon that's happening uh, right now. And those that get to go, it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you get that golden ticket. <laughs> you, you you're going to talk about ticket. it even more. So you, right. you almost, if you are successful, and that's what the book is aiming to provide the, the blueprint for, for, for anyone involved with events, if you are successful and you know the secret sauce, you, have, you actually do less work. Because um, I'll, I'll take that a little further. When I did Mega Tweet Up, it was one of my staple events here in Boston. Um, I promoted it for essentially a couple of weeks. Uh, it was a 400-person event. It was like one of the largest social media events in, in Boston at the time, uh, like in 2009, 2010. And I did less work in, in the time period of promoting the event. I did a lot of work throughout the year going to two to three events, establishing alliances and relationships and, and partnerships. Yep. But when it came down to really uh, delivering my product, 
it was much easier because I've, I've created these, these relationships with people both online and offline that when I did do something, everybody came and supported. Um, so similar to an artist, like an artist of any kind, from a, a comedian to a, a musician, they pay their dues for two years going on tour so that when, do, when they do release an album, it kind of releases gold because they've already established that relationship. So the same thing can happen for almost anyone, and that's the, what I'm here to prove. It's not rocket science, but there is a science right. behind it. It's really interesting, too, and not to give away any more of the book because we want everybody to go out and, and buy it or download it. Uh-huh. Um, is Facebook appropriate to use for networking for business? Yeah, the way I look at the social media tools in and of itself is like utensils um, and eating. So um, just like social media, I consider to be like a fluff. You, you, don't, you, can't, you can't live and die off of fluff. I mean, it's not, it, there's no sustenance in it. But if you add it to a nice piece of cake, it, it enhances it. So just like a fork, uh, a spoon, and a knife or different types of utensils, you use them for different purposes, just like you wouldn't use a fork for, say, soup unless it's very, you know, chunky soup. Um, really thick soup, right. <laughs> right. Um, but you could use a, a fork for spaghetti, but you could also use a spoon with spaghetti, and then you could also use a knife with spaghetti. So I look at it from the perspective of, like, what, are your, what is the ultimate goal? Uh, and what is the, the platform good for? Facebook is a good photo album. <laughs> I, it's a very great photo album. Mm. That's the essence of yep. Facebook. It's just a photo album, but it's a closed network. It's your people and your friends and your family, and, and there's very little extension beyond that. They're making right. enhancements to it, by including hashtags and things like that, but you're, you're getting breaking news from your friends and your family. You're not getting breaking yep. news from anything outside of that circle. So if you wanted to connect with your friends and your family and develop a, a, a good, strong relationship there, then yes, it is good for that. If you want to extend beyond three degrees beyond your friends, then it becomes a little bit more uh, distant. You could go to groups and things like that, but I don't know a lot of people that go to groups on Facebook. LinkedIn is a better platform for that. So it's really understanding what the platform has been designed for and then um, leverage that. Um, For example, Twitter was uh, built on mobile. So that in and of itself allows you some flexibility to to be everywhere, not tethered to a a physical machine, whereas Facebook was built off of an operating system that had needed to be run on a tethered machine. So their mobile app reflects that and reflects their culture. It's it's more about, you know, they're making some enhancements, but they're not a mobile-based platform. Right, right. Really interesting. So I want to go back to something you said before where you said that you believe that physical events will continue to grow, but that it's going to be much more of a niche event, which makes perfect sense to me. So is there an industry that you think is particularly good at hosting networking events and or tweet-ups? I mean, have you, your observations of what you've seen, is there a couple are like, you know what, this particular slice is really, really good? I think that... Um there isn't one particular social that's a low hanging fruit because you yep. the audience is already uh prepped for uh right discussion. sure people that are into uh television people that are into watching movies and things like that i think that there's a lot of synergy there uh because people when they're watching these shows are, are tend to have the 
the need to share this information. Uh, right. But I've seen a wide variety from WordPress events, from mobile events. Um, there's even thematic, gender-based events, like women events. You know, there's a Wonder Woman in Boston event that does very well here, um, and they've grown substantially. Startup, startup is a, a hit or miss. Um, mm-hmm. because I find that certain startups still haven't adapted, just like a lot of small businesses, to the power of social. Um, some have, some have not. Um, in even the subset of startups, say mobile mobile trucks or food trucks, um, oh, yeah. food trucks are, tends to be a much better uh, startup because they depend heavily on social to let people know right. where they are located. However, there isn't a lot of events surrounding a mobile truck. Um, so you have that. I mean, the event is them. They're the venue, and it's a mobile venue. So, you know, you have that to, right. to take it into consideration. So I wouldn't say that there is um, one particular category. Um, it, it varies on the... The, the the community around the category and if they're pretty savvy enough and it doesn't even have to be a great amount it just has to be a few influencers or, or avid users yeah. that help perpetuate it throughout the, the community and, and help kind of instill the value of why you would do it well as the weather gets nicer in boston we bostonians love our food trucks boy they're they're going crazy. So let me let me ask you. So um, so we have uh, the demographics of the listeners: broad swath of professions, backgrounds, ages, experiences. For the listeners who are actively networking, either landing a new gig or just trying to build their brand, what's the one word of advice, piece of advice you would give them? Uh, give before you get. Um, I think when you give before you get, you. you you get so much more than you expected. Um, and so say more. What, is that, what do you mean by that? Um, so, so when I go to the, an event, I tend to focus on how can I connect people. So it's counterintuitive because I want to connect with people. So what I generally tend to do is I help the organizer. In the process of helping the organizer, um, I'm, from a physical perspective, people see that I know the organizer or presume that I know the organizer because I'm having good dialogue with them. And then I introduce the organizer to some people that I know. So the person that I know that's connected to the, you know, that's being introduced to the organizer, yep. they feel good about the process that they're meeting the organizer. The organizer feels good because they're meeting someone that they might not have known. And then people yep. around us get to see who's this person connecting those two people. So it creates this interesting kind of dynamic. So if you lead by giving, it opens up the the opportunity for you to receive more. It's almost like if you have a bottle in your hand, in order for you to receive a jug, you have to let go of the bottle and um, free up both hands and your arms for this to occur. But if you start off by saying, what could you do for me, it, already right. ma- it automatically turns people off. It's the story of um, the wind and the sun. I don't know if you heard this tale about the wind and the sun and how um, that's a, a, a kind of an example of how to appropriately network. So I'll give you the story really quickly. And the wind and the sun were having this conversation. And the wind was telling the sun that he had more power over the sun. And the sun really didn't care. He was a cool guy. He, he wore shades all the time, even though he was the sun. So he was like, okay, what do you mean? I don't understand. And the wind says, okay, look at that guy with that coat over there. I bet you I could get him to take off his coat. So I'm like, okay. The sun said, sure. Um, so the wind started blowing and blowing and blowing. So the more the wind blew, the more the tighter 
the the individual started grasping his jacket tighter and tighter and tighter until the wind got tired and says, oh, I give up. And then the son had the same you know choice, and what he did is he, he gave radiance, more and more heat. So the, the person voluntarily took off the jacket. So the essence is, you know, the more you give, you know, positive energy, strong, hot, positive energy, the more people are going to be open to providing you what you want them to provide you with, you know? That's um, yeah, that's good. And easily one of the, the deepest and most relevant analogies, I think, in all the <laughs> interviews that I've had on Market Edge. That, that's pretty awesome. Um, so let's, let's flip to the other side, which is what's the one word of advice that you would tell people to avoid at all costs? Um, being negative, no matter who uh, you are, that, that kind of, it, it's, they have a saying, you know, don't argue with the fool because from a distance you can't tell who's who. Uh, it's the same type of uh, perspective. When you, when you put negative energy out, you're going to get negative energy back. And then I'll give you a bonus, a part two, is um, don't ask for things too soon. Sometimes you've got to write it out. I remember when I was um, at IBM and I was looking for a mentor, um, I had to be patient. You know, I waited, uh, I think it was three months, but it was like the longest three months of my life. But then <laughs> my mentor was, you know, groomed by the number two guy at IBM. So I was basically groomed by the number two guy at IBM, and at the time, it was a 300-person company. And because of that, uh, I don't know if it was because of that directly, but I was in a full-page IBM ad and working there for less than two years. So yeah. a lot of the principles that I... I, you know, indicated in the book allowed me to double my salary every two years, get a full page ad, travel over the world, have an unlimited bank account from IBM, and I had like the secret to success because if I had mentors. Um, so that's a bonus to that first question you asked about, you know, a tip, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, so Completely. A lot of bonuses in this call. <laughs> it's good um, stuff. All right, and, and to remind everybody again, the book is Networking 2.0, How Social Media Has Redefined the Way We Connect. All right, so before I let you go, a couple of other things. Um, what is your vision of Boston TweetUp? What are the goals? Where do you see that organization going in the next three to five years? Yeah, so we're in the, the process of creating a much simpler way for people to find out about events. We're looking at some, uh, some mobile strategies. I'm, I'm looking at delivering something in the summer. Uh, to open up the gate for that, um, just making it easier for people to connect. Um, yep. We want to be the resource um, not only in the New England area but um, nationally and, and potentially globally and, and making it easier for people to connect. Um, life is short. Um, we have to maximize our resources at this time. Um, yep. As things progress, we're going to have a lot more information, um, ready information, right now information. Um, so with mobile and wearable devices becoming that much more part of our society, it's going to be, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of education that's necessary to um, help people understand the benefits, the pros and cons of, of these types of devices and things like that. So uh, I foresee a time where we're going to have um, essentially uh, networking reporters out there, and we've already started the the work on that. Well, you know, if you miss an event, you can still connect with the people. Yeah, so being able Interesting. to to tap into that and really understand how do you best catalog an event for future use. You know, it, no one wants to watch three hours, you know, so how do you condense that or what's the right. essence of it? You know, how do you take the, the online discussions and, and whittle it down using tools like Storify to the essence of what it's all about? How do you 
leverage that one event and then yep. um, move forward and, and use it as marketing materials for other events that you want to have. There's been, for example, cases where we've helped a, a group, a, a new meetup that was talking about this new book that's called The Business Model Generation. The author happened to be in Switzerland, and they started an event here in Boston, but because Boston Tweetup was able to create a, a blog post and a summary that gained the visibility of the author, this meetup group that just had its you know, second meetup was able to gain uh, global recognition from the author because once the author tweeted about this event, it, it went all over the country, all, all over the world. It went to Australia, it went to Asia, it right, went to sure. Europe, and it was because we were able to leave digital breadcrumbs about. So we're going to help create digital breadcrumbs for help to help people connect more efficiently and uh, much easier and in a in a much more entertaining and, and fun way. Um, so that's kind of like the the process of, of, of doing all those things in a nice organic great. fashion. So I see it's the great. organization. And Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's great to make tons of sense and that you figure it out and, you know, you're, as you branch out, the model that you build in a Boston area is completely scalable to other cities and across the country. So it's it's neat. It's really very exciting. Yeah, it's so fantastic. The, the, yeah, the book is the the ability, the bridge that allows me to go global. Um, Great. Because in and of itself, Boston Tweetup is a hyper-niched term. Boston yep. and Tweetup are, are two very distinctive things that to some people might say, oh, he painted himself into a wall. Well, no, I've created uh, a vehicle that now I could, as you just mentioned, take this blueprint and go to any other city. Now, every right. other city has different dynamics. When we first got started, we also helped Sacramento tweet up. My boy uh, Alejandro start something. Now, the difference between Sacramento and Boston is that there wasn't that many events happening in Sacramento. So, you know, Sacramento tweet up became the resource to doing events in that area. Whereas Boston, yep. we don't need to create events. There's a saturation of them. We just need to aggregate right. them all and, and perpetuate them out. Um, New Hampshire Tweetup is uh, C Major, Christine Major. She started that, and she hosts her own events just because, again, there isn't a lot of events in that area. Right. So right. I've established relationships not only within the Boston, New England area, but also all across the country and some places across the, the globe where they're doing different types of things based on their demographic. So. Right. That's the, another element and another layer sure. that I've incorporated into the book um, that should be helpful for the readers. It's great stuff. All right, just before I let you go, one of the things I like to do with my guests is something I call the speed round. And I throw out a term or a technology or something that's right fresh in, in the news, and it's a quick one-word or two-word reaction. It's the first thing that pops in your head. Okay? okay? All right, let's start with daily deals like Groupon or Living Social. Over. That's over. Oh. <laughs> All right. What about mobile commerce? That's uh, if I were to buy stock, that would be buy. <laughs> buy. buy, buy okay. Buy. So I'm gonna I'll let you go a little deeper. Just summary why? Why do you think? Well, it's well, it right now we're just thinking of a phone, but as I talked briefly, just hinted on it earlier, mobile wearable devices. Imagine looking yeah. at something and buying it right then and having it shipped to your house or shipped yep. to a, as a gift to someone else anywhere around the world. I had this dilemma, not this dilemma, this opportunity, and someone was just um, traveling to Asia and they were looking at buying me a gift. So they could have just said, hey, what do you think of this thing here? Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. And hang up with them and they ship it right to me. 
instantaneously. Yep. So I think it, we're not there just yet. I'm making a lot of liberal leaps <laughs> with yeah, that no, technological absolutely. kind of perspective. But I think it's, it's not too far-fetched for us to really yep. look at that. And then you have, um, this is an extension to that, the 3D modeling devices where you can look at something and then have it you know, being made in your little warehouse after you look at it. And that's something yep. that I haven't even been discussed, but there's some commerce involved there where you have to make yep. some transactions Completely. where you have to pay for this. You know, to say, oh, your credit, uh, you have so many credits, you, you want me to make it? Oh, sure. Oh, you want to buy more yep. credits? Here, there you go. So, yeah, that's, that's how I envision That's a good one. And then when, when you're at one. an event, you're, you're just meeting someone. Just imagine you meet someone and you just have a discussion and you find out that they be like the Red Sox. You just met them. And, but you know that a, a good impression with this individual might be substantial for your business. So what do you have? You have like their favorite Red Sox jersey sent to their house as you're speaking to them. So then when they arrive in their house, they're like, wow, they just gave me a, this is amazing. Or, or yeah, something along cool. those lines. So I yep. think that that opens up the door for a lot of different things. Um, okay. Last one for you with the one or two word answer is QR codes. They were never really here. It was great technology. <laughs> I'm gonna, so the thing is, I, I love the concept, but there's a bottleneck. And I know this is longer than two words, but I think it needs a little bit more explanation because I, I, I love the essence of what it represents. However, as a as a community, a technological community, we've we doomed it for failure. And we did this because we didn't enable the phone to have something already built into it to allow that to happen. Right. So we right. have to download a separate application. And anytime you have too many friction points in any technology, yep. uh, the the general consumer will not adopt it. The geeks like me and you yeah, we're going to jump on it because that's our job. We have to understand this technology. But for the general consumer, which is generally the tipping point, if they can't access it easy, then it's not going to happen. You know, so right. until iPhone, right. Android, and all those kind of uh, yep. mobile devices, unless it's built in, I'm not downloading 300 different apps just to do one right. QR code that takes me to a website. You could have just put the website link in there for me. Right. You know? Um, but I've seen some cool stuff. I've seen some squid ink on food that allows you to take a QR code and find out where the food was made and that kind of stuff. That was yep. actually done here in Boston. But, uh, yep. but yeah, we're, I, I wish it worked, but it, I don't know yeah. how it did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good stuff. Listeners heard friction points, the sun and the wind, <laughs> and all, everything you always wanted to do to help your own brand and go global. So I want to thank you today, Hosteline, um, for being on the show with me. And thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Angler or on my blog at www.glennangler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.